It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Friday, and what does that mean? It uh, it means the weekend's here, first off, and it also means I'm going to spit this Hall's mental lift. <laughs> I'm going to spit this cough drop. It means I spit a cough drop out. That's what it means. Um, no, it means we're Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. We're getting back on track. Uh, I've been sick for, gosh, it feels like forever. But I am slowly making my way back. I feel probably the best. You know, it's, it's like when you're on antibiotics and all that stuff, you're just, your thought process is a little slower, everything. But today I woke up and it was like the first morning where I was like, okay, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but I got to tell you folks, 
Um, did I already say it's real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap? Yeah, we're doing that. We're doing that. Very excited. Yeah, baby. Woo. By the way, Caitlyn Jenner, congrats. You she got 2,000 votes in the 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 gov the governor recall. Angeline, the billboard uh lady, beat Caitlyn Jenner. That's gotta be a real kick kick in the pants, right? Like that is yeah, no, baby, what's going on? Um, so sorry to Caitlyn if you're listening. But uh being sick, it, it sucks because it just when you when you dream about being sick and slow not dream about but when you dream of slowing down you you think like okay i'll watch all the tv that i've been saving up but when you're sick it just tv isn't even fun and that's the worst part so you're just waiting around on a cellular level trying to feel better and so what happened you guys so a lot of people thought Oh, you had COVID because you went to Nashville and I was around a lot of people. And even though I was masked up and vaxxed and all that stuff. Yeah. Dumb move. Like dumb. It was dumb. In fact, once I stepped foot into Kid Rock's three story bar, I was like, hey, this might this. Hey, this is not good. This is. But I had a really good time with my friends until I didn't until your my body on Saturday night kind of just started giving out. And we were there until Monday night. But as of like Sunday and Monday, I was like, I can't, I got to hang back. And I just laid on a couch, uh, miserable. And I didn't know, I was just like, wow, it's, I must. And I even potentially was scared that I had a breakthrough case of COVID, even though I had it at, uh, Christmas and I was really bummed and, and kicking myself. And Monday I went to the airport like eight or nine hours early and got like a little cubby at like a Delta Sky Lounge and recorded with Sophie Ross. Um, and I was just miserable miserable and then immediately went to an urgent care and they said okay you have strep throat and i was like okay finally and they're like you want to treat this aggressively and i was like aggressive is my middle name and it's also kyler and so they gave me two shots in my ass and put me on all of this medicine and i was like really excited because i was like okay look like we're, we're gonna get better it's not covid perfect and then um that was Monday night. Tuesday rolls around. Felt bad, but I felt myself. And I dare say Tuesday night when I recorded an intro for the uh, Heather Gay Rewind episode, I was like, okay, this is just, I, I'm starting to feel myself again. Rough couple days, whatever. And I couldn't fall asleep that night, but I felt good. But I was just like, why can't I fall asleep? I finally did fall asleep and I woke up and I felt like a truck had run over me. My fever was kicking like all it was like the exact opposite of how Tuesday went for me. And it really it was like, oh, that's scary. And so I felt bad Tuesday. Uh, sorry, that was Wednesday, I guess. And by Wednesday afternoon, when Beverly Hills was coming on, I was just kind of in and out of sleep. And it was to the point where I couldn't even watch Beverly Hills or, you know, like where you're just like TV hurt to watch. And I had I had a very bad fever to the point where I was fully delusional. Like I told my friend, I told my friend to tell my parents goodbye. Um, I told what to do with the podcast and I said, I'm going to die. And I, I mean, and like, imagine this, I, I'm fully stripped myself of clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and some guys, very attractive, just sweating profusely, just naked, um, crawling on a floor, whatever the lyrics of that song is. And I just, it was and I was like 102.9, I think that was what my fever topped out at. And it was just, it was God awful. And ever since then, so I was like, man, and my sister is a nurse and said, okay, well, strep takes like 10 days. This is still normal, but all of these, and this is graphic, skip ahead, you guys, if you need to, 
Um, all these sores started appearing on my tongue and my throat and my lips. And I was like, and I had this really dry mouth and I was like, oh, is this, is this, what is this strep? And I, I was just so out of it. And then a couple more days passed and I was like, this isn't getting better. And finally I went back to the doctor and they said, okay, well, strep is gone. You're the culture, you're, you're good on strep. But what you do have is I had a negative reaction to the antibiotics I was on and it set off a fungal infection in my mouth, <laughs> which is just like the worst thing. If you talk for a living or trying to, um, it is so painful because I had open side sores everywhere to the point where you couldn't swallow like Imagine like trying to swallow liquid and it just, it hurts like you're, and so they're like, oh yeah, this is a fungal infection. And so finally got on medicine for that. And it's just, and now all, everything's healing, but it, it was gross. And I'm so sorry I had to walk you through that, but I wanted to, I don't know why I wanted to share that. We were family. So that's, that's what happened, but I'm finally getting my wits about me. In fact, I talked to the, um, watch what crappens guys this morning and talk about trying to be on your toes. Like those guys are so quick and funny and you'll hear that episode next week, but I had such a, a great time with them and just such great guys. But I then took a break to rest my voice and, but I just sit there and worry of like, I need, when you watch an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season, it consumes you. Like I have thought nothing but, and, and I want to, like some people are like, well, this wasn't a great episode. And I, I dare say you're wrong. I dare say, I think we're now in such a good place that you might not have the high highs, even though I do feel like we had high highs in this episode, it cohesively might not have been the most cohesive in terms of linear storytelling, but there were so many amazing moments. And now I've watched it like four times. In fact, I usually just have it on in the background with the sound off so I can kind of remind myself, but you had Erica debut a new voice. She's like, She's doing this. Do you notice it's like a baby doll? Like, it was Saturday. Yeah, that's what we did. You know what I'm saying? Like, she has this, like, higher-pitched, slow, like she's been hit, like, a dozen times. She's like, I've been hit. He has glaucoma. And he flipped his car 600 times. Like, it makes no sense. But, so we got the debut of that. We got a classic Dorit moment in that she is potentially one of the world's best designers in anything that Dorit puts her name to. We know it's a quality product. And I think we see that with Buca de Beppo to wedding dresses. And that's the Dorit touch. And of course, we're now two episodes in a row where I was like, oh, I'm feverish again. But PK has made sense two episodes in a row. And it's like, but also I got to tell you guys, we can have somebody two episodes in a row be right, but that doesn't mean you guys have to be horny for him. Like, I saw so many girls of like, is it me or does PK? Why is that my girls? Is it me or does PK look amazing? Like, it's so, it's like, that's how shitty men are sometimes is that it takes so little where it's like you make sense two episodes in a row and you still look like a stuffed baked potato and you're like, oh my God, PK's the man of my dreams. Wow. It is just amazing. And Harry Hamlin, Harry comes, and I have a theory about his role as Tom Brokaw that we found out. And Lisa, I do want to talk later because Lisa Rinna was on Watch What Happens Live again last night. She was just on a couple weeks ago. So it's like, I, I think the universe is punishing me, punishing us. And she said some really, 
not batshit things, but she was being contemplative, Lisa. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry to Denise, I guess. I would like to make apologies, sir. You know, it, it just, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy her. I don't buy the shit she's, and she said, and watch what happens live last night. She goes, she goes, you know, our lives are crazy. Our lives are crazy. She said, some people might look at my life and see, it's a crazy life. And I'm like, Lisa, no, you wouldn't. Cause you don't fucking share your life. You glom on to other people's lives. You don't have your own fucking life. Like, I would love to see how crazy your life is. You don't share your life, period. And nobody, nobody's going to tell me otherwise. Damn it. Um, let's see. Is there any business uh, as we get back into the swing of things? If you guys want to leave a, a, a nice review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that's amazing. Baddies, my Patreon. I've got an episode coming to you guys tomorrow. I am sorry for being so neglectful, but it actually hurt to speak for a while. Um, I think I'm probably missing 3000 million things. Uh, but I really felt like, you know, it's like I texted or me and Meditza were texting and I said, I was in such a down place mentally and it was partly the, the fever and stuff, but I just said, I've destroyed all of this. I built this over a year and a half and I've ruined it in a week. Like I felt like ever, I felt like nobody would come back to listen. I know this isn't, but by the way, guys, I'm insane. I know that, but I felt nobody would come back to listen. I felt I destroyed every opportunity because I had to cancel like five cool interviews. And I just said, nobody will ever trust me again. Nobody will ever. And I just beat the shit out of myself, which really means that the therapy is working. But, um, uh, so yeah, thank you for continuing to be here. And I just felt like I missed out on so many things. Uh, we had the Salt Lake premiere on Sunday and I wasn't able to talk about that, but woo, I do want to point there's a one small scene in the Salt Lake re the Salt Lake premiere where they're over at Jen Shaw's new, uh, Shaw Chalet 2.0 or what I call, um, 10 to 15 years in prison. And she had this assistant or cutting up vegetables, because uh, Lisa Barlow was coming over to visit and he goes, a little chappy chap because they were cutting. It's like the smallest moment. But this dude is like wacky as hell. And he was just had two lines, but he was cutting up carrots and he goes, a little chappy chap, chappy chap. I've thought about nothing else. And the thought that Mary Cosby started a podcast. So podcast wars against you, Mary. Uh, you got Jesus, I got God on my side, and we're going to smite you, Mary. But isn't it crazy that Mary, which is very true on how you start a podcast, is you really do walk around talking to yourself on mannequins, and then one day you're like, maybe I should record this. And that's exactly what Mary told us with the podcast. And dare I say, Mary is batshit. I mean, she's batshit. But even a batshit person can be right twice a day, like a broken clock. Like, I found myself agreeing with Mary a couple times in the first episode, and it's not unlike agreeing with PK, where it feels unsettling, I feel like I might have an ulcer, and then you accept it, and then you move on. But I am so excited for uh, this season of Salt Lake. I'm trying to decide what I should cover on the show and what I should cover on the Patreon, because we also have Vanderpump Rules coming up as well, and I'm really nervous about the season, but I think, of course, it's going to deserve coverage of some sort. So if you guys have ideas on that or what you would want to hear, um, recaps of Salt Lake, Vanderpump Rules, maybe small ones of both, um, but I'm trying to figure out what to do, and my head's fully not clear yet, but I'm, I'm just keeping it in the back of my mind. So if you guys have ideas or thoughts, and if you like solo recaps or if you like recaps with other people, me talking to other people, that's cool too. 
But uh, just keep that in the, hey guys, just keep, hey, write that down and remind me about that. Thank you. So this is called Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 11, episode 17. We are deep in the season. And by the way, watch what happens live last night. Andy said, we have five more episodes of Beverly Hills before the reunion. So I want everybody at this point to band together and start preparing yourself for a death. Start preparing yourself to mourn. But but we do have amazing shows on the horizon. We have Summer House Winter Lucky Charm with Austin Kroll's uh, huge turtleneck, his beautiful white turtleneck. Uh, there are so many things to look forward to, but we will have to accept that this season, this magical, magical season, we will no longer have. We will always have the memories. We'll always have the friends that we made along the way. But this season, we will no longer have. So I just want to make everybody aware. I don't want to bring anybody down, but I do want to make people aware just to prepare yourself. That's it. Also, if you need, <laughs> by the way, I'm just picturing, if you guys want to meet up, we can all like hug and sing things and like just support each other. Uh, this episode is called A Tale of Two Accidents. Now, of course, if I'm thinking, what does the title mean? I think immediately of a tale of, uh, what is that? Two cities, the Charles Dickens book. Am I, am I just making up a Charles Dickens, a tale of two, a tale of two cities? Yeah. So a tale of two accidents, but I also think, so what accidents have we had this season? We of course have had the, the, the Tom one where it was like, Tom flipped his car over the Pasadena house and then he got out and he broke his leg, his clavicle, his eyes, his head. Like we had that accident. So potentially tonight we'll get a second accident and that would be the two accidents. But Erica Jane's whole storyline this season seems to be an accident. And I do want to talk about her social media posting last night. Is that we got so much to cover, you guys. Damn it. Are you guys, are you cool? Are you, are you guys in a rush? I guess you can pause it if you need to, but let's, let's try to work through this together. Uh, so we start off every episode where it's like we get previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And PK is uh, going, this dress right here is the moment. Hey, this, this dress right here is the actress. This dress right here is the grandfather clock. And we find, so we realize that this episode is probably going to involve Dorit's dresses, her wedding dresses, which she's talked about here and there all season, but it's like, okay, good. Maybe Dorit's going to actually do something besides tell Garcelle, like the Garcelle Dorit storyline is troubling to me because I feel like now we've, we've heard about it two times too many. It's beginning a little loosey, loosey apple juice, like where you're like, you don't need this, you guys, we get it. And Dorit just, I don't know if she feels strength in confronting Garcelle or if she's feels like she needs to do this. I don't know. So we also get uh, Garcelle, her matchmaker storyline in the preview from like past episodes. Remember that is that she met with a matchmaker to potentially date again. Um, we also have a clip of Sutton going, he lied, I say, I say. He said he broke his ankle and got a head injury, I say, I say. And then we get a shot of Crystal going, there's no moving forward with Erica, Jane, and Sutton. There's no moving forward. And then Garcelle telling Rinna at Garcelle's house last episode of like, I feel we are divided. And Rinna going, what? Really? That's crazy. I didn't. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. I got to tug back up. And then... We have uh, Dorit talking to Garcelle and Garcelle going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then we have the opening. 
And the opening, I used to fast forward past the opening. And for some reason with Beverly Hills, I don't because it gets me, it gets my blood boiling each time now. Cause I'm like, when it hits that Lisa Rinna of like, my lips are legendary. No, they're not. No, they are not legendary lips. They are a cautionary tale at best. Those are not legendary lips. Those are a, those are something, a not to do lip. Like it should be like, my lips are a horrible mistake. Watch me use them. <laughs> and then you have the one that cracks me up because it is so conceited and ego driven. And I feel like this is the crux of Erica Jane's problem. If this is substance isn't diamonds, it's me. No one fucking asked you what like, no, like this is she's trying the show and her are trying to paint herself as a survivor, as a hero. And she's not nobody's asked her to be strong. In fact, it would be so relatable if we saw her be a little weak. If we saw the pain and the pain that she's caused others through her husband as well, which remember, I Tom Girardi is the number one person that has fucked up everything in this world. But we do actually have information that he threw so much money her way. It's very interesting. It will continue to be, and we'll get more and more information as time goes on. But like, the strongest substance isn't diamonds. It's me. I, it literally should be like, I had a rough year. Just bear with me. Like that should be her housewives tagline. Like, like, what are we supposed to be like? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You're stronger than diamonds. That's crazy. Oh, yay. So we open the show. And we have Kyle's, uh, we're at Kyle's dogs are barking everywhere. Kyle's in a robe and she's like, Romeo, Romeo, one of her dogs, get over here. And we have this gentleman, a very dapper dressed gentleman. And his name is Rhino, which my best friend, Dusty calls me Rhino for Rhino, but, but his name is Rhino. And He's inviting, he goes, I'd like to invite you to an evening of glamour and romance in Encino at Dorit and PK's. And this is Dorit Nataria, the, the other wedding dress designer, which I don't know how the creative process works between those two people. It might be a lot like Elton John and Bernie Toppin, where Bernie writes the lyrics and Elton sings. Who knows how wedding dress making goes? Um, so he is delivering these invites. And Rena's like, what? Oh my God, somebody came to the door. Wah! You can tell she's like mid-dance because she's like her hips like thrown out. Uh, then we go to Garcelle, which by the way, somebody wrote me that Garcelle's place is near Porter Ranch. I only usually stay in my four block radius in Los Angeles. So I'm guessing that's a nice, but I, and I don't mean it offensive to say it looks like she's backed up on a power plant. But there is a weird, like, she got that last house in the cul-de-sac. And it just, it feels like we're, there's a little bit of like a, a Narnia vibe. There's, but also like a power plant vibe. It's a, there could be a coal mine here. It just feels, do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, I love Garcelle so much, but it is funny to always see it backed up on this huge hill, you know? So uh, Garcelle gets hers and Garcelle is like, she's feeling things in her nether regions. Like she's like, whoo, cause the guy Rhino, the guy delivering, he's a handsome African-American gentleman. And Garcelle was like, whoo. And like, I, I kind of dig that Garcelle's like all horned up, but I think she's not just horned up. I feel like she genuinely, I thought that a couple of times this episode where I'm like, she's really, I think she's really ready for a relationship. 
And even me saying that <laughs> seriously makes... Guys, you know what I think? Garcelle is really ready to get back out there. But I do think she's ready to get back out there. Uh, Erica is delivered, and we see her from behind Gage. She's like, what's this? Uh, oh, it's an invite? Okay. And then Sutton, she comes out with her glasses and a laptop at the door to greet. And she's like, oh, I thought... She goes, I thought I won uh, a lottery or uh, sweepstakes or something. I say, I say, it's an invite. Of course I'll be there. Uh, so the gang is all here. We know that this episode, we are going to see this launch party. And we go into a new scene over at Dorit's Encino Mansion. Which, by the way, you know the rumor on this, you guys, is they don't own that place. They are um, living in it to kind of show off the house. And that is not their house at all, That uh, allegedly. So we meet Nick, who is a party planner, and we've seen Nick before. Nick is a recurring character as a party planner, and he he looks like he loves the camera. He's like, hey, it's a rainy day. What's, what are we doing, Dorit? And every like, there's like some awkward conversation of like, it's a rainy day in Los Angeles. Boop, 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 boop. My wires are getting crossed. My circuitry. Ah. And uh, he's like, we need to figure out a rain plan. And Dorit says, it never rains in Unlay unless you're planning a big party outside. Boop, 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 boop. And Nick says, we can have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Nick is like almost directly looking in the camera at this point, like the office. And Dorit says... This isn't my first rodeo. No, 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 not for Dorit. I'm a virgin in the bridal shower business, but throwing a party, come on! And we see flashbacks of 2016, uh, where she goes, Ladies and gentlemen, Culture Club! And introduces boy George. 2017, PK's birthday party, where he's like, Hey, we're landing on this helicopter or a boat. And then 2018, of course, the Beverly Beach swimsuit uh, party. So Nick and Dorit and Nectaria, the other person involved in this business, they are zooming. And she's like, Nectaria, my beauty. And Nectaria just is like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, how do I create an atmosphere? Beep, boop, 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 boop. Like you're really going to a wedding. Think, Dorit, think. Wedding-themed launch party transported into the mindset of what bridal dresses represent in Encino, California, near Bucanabepo. Boop, 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 boop. We see that the invites, you guys, are these glass numbers. It looks like Coke mirrors where uh, you would just do big old fat uh, lines of cocaine on it, um, allegedly. And I saw that and this is how tacky I am. I'm like, I need one of those. Like, I need that for my reality show museum. Like, I need the Dorit Nectaria invite. Like, if I, I was like, that would make, that would like complete my, like, that's the object that would probably make me happy. That's a horcrux, almost. Um, so Dorit shows Nectaria the invite and Nectaria kind of sees like, oh, oh, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. And Nick goes, yeah, it's pretty spectacular, right? Fingers crossed it stops raining. I'm going to be big with my lines. And Nectaria is like, I make dresses. What is going on here? And Dorit goes, the weather is against us. Boop, 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 boop. We have our work cut out for us, team. And then we go to a new scene and we're at Kathy Hilton's ma mansion. My beautiful, beautiful Kathy Hilton. And we see Kathy's dog, Sue. 
and she's like, uh, and 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 Kyle's coming in, and she's like, Kyle, Kyle, come say hi to my dog, and she's like, How? Who? 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 And uh, Rinna actually comes in. Thank God she wasn't first this time, and. Kathy lets us know, Sue and I communicate with each other. She goes, I love you. How are you? What's going on? And she loves it. (laughs) I love the community. I would watch a whole fucking Pixar movie about Kathy Hilton and Sue. Like Kathy and Sue on the road again. Um, And then Kathy, all of a sudden, you guys in a hallway, just flops down on the floor like a dead person. And she's like, Sue loves this when she thinks I'm dead. Sue? Sue starts eating me when I do this. It's great. And Rena goes, I'm not the only crazy one in this group. <laughs> and then Erica Jane stumbles in the door in this powder blue warm-up gear. It's like LA fitness gone crazy. And she's like, ladies! And it was so excited and informal that i was like how dare you be that informal at kathy hilton's house you be you be you you do it like hey ass but she goes ladies and it was it it upset me like i don't want her she like that happy and bubbly it's like yeah it's, it's i'm sorry erica jane is damned i really she's she is not she is not welcome in my book, and especially at Kathy's. You come in tentative at Kathy Hilton's. You come on tiptoes at Kathy Hilton's. You don't come in loud. What are you, insane? But, like, Erica comes in with, like, she's like, I'm swinging a big old dick right now, everybody. <laughs> hey, get ready, ladies. I've got some new bullshit to peddle. <laughs> ladies, somebody stop me. Um, But... So she comes in and everybody's like, ha ah, And I realized, oh, it's one of these four-person get-ups where they didn't invite Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal. And I was like, okay. So we we meet this girl. I think her name is um, Lasia, 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 Lasia. It was a different name. And Lasia is a face, one of the best facial, one of the best damn facialists in Los Angeles. And we introduce. Uh, Kathy introduces Lajla to uh, to Lisa, and Lisa's like, "Arch facials!" Rah! And I will say, did you notice how all of the other ladies were not wearing makeup to minimal makeup, and Erica Jane was in a full face of makeup, which I found interesting because if you're wearing a facial, what's the point? If you're doing a facial, what's the point of that? You know? And Kathy goes, "A smaller group is nice for Erica Jane to have a facial and to chill," and. Uh, the Lajla is like, everything in this is facial is charged with different gemstones and minerals. Everything is charged with Reiki energy as well. So I am a Reiki master and I do energy work. And it when <laughs> I just I was like, this is almost seems like a battle. Like, I feel like Lajla might come back at the end and some kind of like ultimate battle between all of the ladies. Like we've the Reiki master shows up and then Kyle's dog shows up to like fight with the Reiki master. Like, I don't know why, but every time a new character gets introduced, I treat it like game of Thrones now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like everything feels so big. And so like, like, do I have to pay attention to all of this? Like what, why does she say she's a Reiki master? Does that come into play? Like, and I've had some experience. If you've listened to the show, 
from the beginning, you've heard me tell a wild story about an encounter I had with a uh, a Reiki healer, uh, a very sexy story, if you will, that ended in me completely in tears. Like, <laughs> so Rinna starts at this facial, and and everybody's like, "Get naked, Rinna!" And she's like, "Yeah, baby!" And it's like I just, it's like a little, like it's like a little golem. She's just got the same skin tone as Gollum, and she's like, and especially when she doesn't have her makeup or wigs on, and she's like, I want to get, I want to get naked everywhere, yeah, I want to rub my body on things, and so Rinna and Kathy are getting facials, and Erica and Kyle, she's like, let's go drink some water, Kyle, and um, Rinna gets under the blankets, and Lajla goes, we need softness in this world softness of the blankets and uh she's like what you're about to get is a 24 karat nano gold repair it's a technology it's important to disconnect rena says in a talking head i'm muzzled right now which is not a bad thing <laughs> i should be muzzled more often why didn't anyone think about that ah! and i was like i've thought about it so much lisa i've 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 literally thought nothing but that and because what happens is that she put these gold strips, like these band-aid, gold band-aids, and she put a couple over Lisa's mouth. And it was just, it was so erotic for me. I was just like, that is so hot. When just, just like, I just feel like maybe put a piece of wood. Let's like secure this thing. We don't want that mouth breaking free. That mouth is so powerful. Um, and the facialist says, um, repeat, I honor my intention. The third eye will always guide you. And... They're like, yeah, yeah. And Kathy and I talking ahead with the producer. The producer goes, um, Kathy, how do you find your third eye? And Kathy goes, well, when you meditate, you have an ohm. And then she like pauses and she goes, I just actually tune out. I don't listen to that part. <laughs> but imagine how much like how many pearls of wisdom Kathy has been a spouse to over the years. And she just chat like that is the most perfect Kathy thing ever of just like she probably hears about 80% of the things her like thrown her way, but she probably shakes her head the entire time. Like she's like, yep, yeah, I'm here. I'm hearing all of this perfectly. I love it. I love it. I did not catch any of that. Okay. Just rub my face, please. And I love that. That made me laugh so much. So we're a new scene or we're in the same house, but it, they cut to, and this is amazing, you guys. So they're just having some basic water and some fruit. And Kyle goes to Erica in our basic housewife trope of, did you enjoy your night at Garcelle's? Remember, that's our basic trope on any scene is that they will have the one character of the scene ask how they enjoyed a dinner or a function. And that's how we get into how the other character feels. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red 
white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. So Kyle's like, uh, did you enjoy the Haitian meal at Garcelle's? And she's like, I did. It was a really pretty dinner. And then Kyle goes, how are you in Sutton? And Erica Jane goes, the door is closed. We aren't working through this. We're not working through this. We're not working through this. She says it three times. And then uh, I was like, think about the audacity of somebody in Erica Jane's situation saying, 
I will not talk to that bitch at all for the rest of my life. Like, imagine being that closed off. Like, Erica, do you want us to be that closed off to all your bullshit excuses? But you are saying, no way, no how. That small town bitch ain't getting any more of Erica Jane's time. No way, no how. Like, it... I just don't think she's at a... This is why the magical thinking of Erica Jane is fascinating to me, and I feel like that's what gives this story legs, is that it's fascinating to watch somebody have no actual clue of what the hell is going on around them. Like, she's acting like she's still a rich person. She's acting like she is still better than people. And to me, it's one of the most fascinating ego-driven characterizations I've ever seen on reality TV because it never, the facade never drops. And remember, this is what we've gotten from Erica Jane as a castmate for eight seasons. The facade has never dropped. So is there a there there? You know what I'm saying? Is there anything behind this facade? Because I haven't seen it. But to be that like, no, 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 we're not walking through this. We're not walking through this. We're not walking through this. And she goes, well, I have a lot going on and I don't need this in my life. I'm not down, you know? And I love the verbiage of I'm not down because that fits in with my Erica Jane of like, who's not down? Give me a beat. AJ not down. Who not down? EJ not down. Who not down? EJ not down. My name's Erica Jane and I'm here to say I hate something in a major way. I'm here to rock. I'm here to roll. But I'm not going to take your... <laughs> I'll say, I'll say, that's a horrible song, Elka. I do not like that song. How dare you use my name in a negative rap song? Mike check, Mike check one two. I'm not down, and so are you. I'm gonna beat you with all the jewelry that Tom spent with the victim's money. You don't know, come here, honey. I'm looking for a rich man to supplement my income for the years. I'm gonna give them my derriere. I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is the big crux. This is what we, and I. This is where Erica Jane starts debuting a new voice and i don't think i can do it but she's like it's very flat and my because you either get the a little bit animated erica jane you get the sexy erica jane or you get the blunt matter of fact erica jane she goes tom's house was broken into and he confronted the burglar and then had to go have eye surgery and then my son had to go over and help and then he rolled his car five times on the way home and kyle goes recently and she goes yeah I'm under a lot of stress. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, you know how normal people tell a story and they're like, okay, girl, that's how I started. Okay, girl, listen to this. Tom's house, I shit you not, was broken into. He confronted the burglar and then he must have done something with the burglar. He had to go have an eye surgery. And then I had my son go over and help. And then my son, the dipshit, rolled his car five times on the way home. That, I think, is usually how a normal person relays a troubling story, right? And especially when you've already relayed a car flip story earlier in the season, which you have to be cognizant of. Even if there really are two car flips, you have to be like, isn't life crazy how it has made a lot of people I'm involved with just fucking flip cars? It's like Fast and Furious with me right now. But instead she goes... Tom's house was broken into. He confronted the burglar that had to go have eye surgery and then my son had to go over and help and then he rolled his car five times on the way home. Yeah, 
I'm under a lot of stress. <laughs> and then Kyle, you know, this is like Kyle's face lives for this. She's like, whoa, zoiks, what? And Erica goes, yeah. And we don't even question this shit anymore. Like when I heard it, it was like, it was so batshit, but it's like the same batshit from Erica Jane we've gotten where we don't even question it as an audience. You know what I'm saying? Like I thought it was like, okay, well, that's another Erica Jane story. And potentially true or elements are true, but it's just we don't even question anymore. And I would pay attention to that. I would pay attention to that feeling of why we don't question this shit anymore. Because anybody else, you would question the shit out of them. But those ladies don't question, like, but it's getting weirder and weirder. And I love that this is potentially the breaking point for Kyle when we've had an even bigger batshit story of him, you know, rolling his car off his Pasadena mansion. So we go to a commercial break. We come back and we come back with Kyle going, wait, what? Back up. Hold on. Recently? And Erica Jane goes, this just happened a couple days ago. Saturday. And she's, this is when the voice has, she goes, this just happened a couple days ago. Saturday? Like, she, it's like, it's like this weird, higher pitched baby doll but like saturday and kyle goes so when you came to garcelle's at the haitian dinner you already knew this and it feels very much like there was a sketch on saturday night live back in the day with john lovitz where he was like a liar and he was like he was like yeah that's the ticket yeah saturday and then uh the burglar confronted tom yeah that's the ticket and then it upset his glaucoma yeah yeah and then uh my son came over yeah that's right that's the ticket and then he flipped his car eight million times yeah it's very much of like to me it's like a mad libs of like filling in these blanks which just doesn't add up sometimes you know and also there can be elements of truth to a story but the overall story when you don't tell it correctly i mean we're also potentially dealing with one of the worst storytellers in human history which i would be like if you're going into filming and you know you're going to release information like get the fucking thing straight like i mean she could have put a spaceship in this thing and i would have been like well, that fits. That fits with all the other bullshit. Like, I... And then aliens came. Uh, aliens came. Tom was like, I'm not going to be alien invaded with my body. No, son. So, uh, Tom invented a gun to trap the aliens, and he he got one of the aliens, but the other alien uh, must have sensed he had glaucoma, and he, he went directly for his eye. And Tom's a very strong man, even though he's completely deteriorating in the last three years. Like, I, because it doesn't, if you're a deteriorated man, like, first off, this Pasadena, huge Pasadena mansion, Tom has to be alert enough to be like, there's a fucking boogler in my house. That's my Tom. That's, there's a boogler in my house. I don't, it's not a good imitation. And then the burglar has got to be like, oh, fuck, I woke, I woke Tom Girardi. And then Tom, like, all of a sudden was like, come here, young one. Come here, young blood. I got you. And then just starts swinging. And I'm just like, this doesn't make sense for somebody this deteriorated and fragile. Like, that's what, you know what I'm saying? Like, at certain times, like, we're supposed to believe that Tom is calling Erica multiple times a day. I'm like, come back, baby. Come back. 
I miss your sweet little honey lips. And then other times, Tom's completely deteriorated, doesn't know where he's at. But then other times, he's fighting people. Like, I, I'm, I was about to say I'm able-bodied, but I'm not. I want, I would, I can't fight people. You know, like, if somebody breaks into my house, I'm going to die. Like, in fact, I learned that while I was sick. Like, do you ever get disappointed in yourself where you're like, people are like, he fought so hard through his illness. And I realized last week, like, that will never, like, like it will be like, he gave up so quickly once that illness, <laughs> he literally gave up the first day. Like, I was like, take me, Jesus. Like, I, and Tom is either incapacitated or he's the best fighter known to me. I don't, it just, we're not getting enough fill in the blanks here. It's, it's weird. Do you guys, you guys see that too, right? So Kyle in a talking head says, there seems to be a pattern where a big thing happens with Erica. And then she doesn't tell us about it until after like Tahoe. And then we get a flashback of Tahoe where Erica's like, that's one of the things I love about Tom. He leaves me alone. And then we get all the girls going to file for divorce. Did you know? Did you know? And when it goes, I didn't know. And she goes, when Erica withholds information, she makes it harder to support her. And that is just dead on the truth. That is very true. You know, it's like you need information to support your friend. You can blindly support your friend, sure, but that only goes so far until you start needing some details. You know what I'm saying? Like you need some details. And Erica Jane continues and she's like, I got a call from Pasadena Police Department at 3 a.m., but I didn't get it until 6 a.m. That Tom's home had been broken into. And Kyle's like, the home that you lived in? And she goes, yeah. While Tom was in it? Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, he confronted the burglar, and then he had to go to the hospital, have some sort of surgery. I don't even really know. Well, it sounds like you know quite a bit. And the fact that I just, Pasadena police knew to call Erica. Like, did Tom... Was that an emergency number on file for Erica Jane? Like, Tom does have a lot of police connections, which, by the way, if this is a police connection, I'm very disturbed that the police are still very much looking out for Tom Girardi, which is very troubling to me, for real. Like, they uh, have been part of this, I don't know. But remember, Tom donated a lot of money to the police departments. So I found it very interesting that Erica even got a call in the first place. But she does seem to know a lot of information for not knowing any information. And Kyle goes, well, why did he need to go to the hospital? And he goes, ah, and she was like, good question. He has glaucoma and the pressure and anxiety and whatever. I'm not sure. I haven't. I uh, definitely haven't spoken to the man. No, no, no. I have not spoken at all. But she was really, she, you could tell she was like slightly excited by Kyle's question because she was like, this is an easy one. I know how to answer this. Glaucoma. And Kyle says, having someone enter your home, well, then who rolled the car? And Erica goes, well, my son went because I can't go. And then on his way. And by the way, my son went because I can't go, which. If she was called at 3 a.m., didn't get the message till 6 a.m. The son would have been there probably around 430, right? He got there, rolled the car because they don't just let the car like, well, you, we called at three. We're going to wait till Erica picks up at six uh, or no, like we they, they don't just leave Tom there. They took Tom to the hospital. So the fact that she's like, I can't go. So she sent her son, I think her son is a police officer as well. 
And then she goes, on the way home, it was snowing and he rolled his car. And which then we're like, like I've lived in Los Angeles a lot and I've maybe seen snow zero times. And uh, so Kyle's going, if Tom was burglarized, how did you find out? Did they do anything to him? And what about your son? Is he okay? This is a talking head. This story sounds unbelievable. Does that mean I don't believe her? No, but it's unbelievable. I love that this is the story that is troubling. Like the, to me, there's been so many troubling stories, but I love that Kyle's also like, does this mean I don't believe her? No, I definitely still believe her, but it's unbelievable. It's completely potentially full of holes and lies, but I still believe her. And then we go back to the scene and Kyle goes, it was snowing in Pasadena? <laughs> because it's just ridiculous. And then Erica goes, uh, he lives farther outside Pasadena. And she goes, so your son is okay? He's fine. And Tom's okay? Uh, I know he made it out of surgery, okay? And I love how it's the the eeriness, the creepiness, the thing that gives me goosebumps is that how nonchalant she's being about a horrible story. And that to me is almost like a choice of like, I'm going to be this bizarre because I don't want to overdo it because if I act really concerned, then that could be potentially read as acting. So I'm going to go reverse decision and could be completely chill about the whole thing. And if she's this chill about this right now, why wouldn't she have brought it up at Garcelle's completely chill? And Erica goes, well, I don't know what happened after that. Yes, you do. You know what happened after that. She goes, it's all crushing at one time. And Kyle goes, I'm sorry, Erica. And she goes, yeah, me too. And you keep, I swear to God, there's like silence. And you hear Rinna, even with all the gold plated uh, shit over her mouth, you hear her go, hey, Ray, what are you guys doing in there? What are you doing? <laughs> you hear it. And I'm just like, that girl, she's just one of those people. Like, I just, sometimes I pray for Harry Hamlin and I just, I just hope he's such a, a hard sleeper. Cause it's like, I remember there's like way back in the day. I dated this girl that, you know, like when, like somebody has unlimited energy and you don't. And so it would just take a lot to get her to go to bed, you know? And then you would just like be almost drifting off and she'd be like, and another thing, you know what I think about? Like that is like Rinna and Harry. Like I always picture Harry, like almost drifting off and goes, you know, what's crazy about Scott and Amelia? She was there. They're, they're always on beaches. Yeah. Where my beaches? <laughs> like, it's just non... And, and that's not... I mean, that's a, maybe a good quality to have, but nonstop energy, it's it's not something I particularly want. I don't... I would love to be able to not sleep, but other than that, I, you know, and feel... Anyways, so, so uh, you keep hearing, you know, yap, and then finally Kyle and Erica come into the other room to see Rinna all in gold, and, and uh, they're all kind of just laughing like, ah, and she's like, ah. Anyways, that's the end of that scene. So new scene, we're over at Garcelle's house by the power plant. And she he's like, Jade, do you need me to her son? And she opens the door to Demona, her dating coach, her, her, you know, her matchmaker. And Garcelle goes, the last time you were here, I can't believe how much I cried. And there's a flashback of her crying of, and Demona going, what would it feel like for someone to tell you? I got you. Garcelle says, trust is the most important to me. My trust issues 
keep me from dating for a long time. And like I said before, the Garcelle one is really heartbreaking because she thought she was in a very tight marriage. And it turns out this guy had been cheating for years with one specific person. And that's, you know, you always feel for those people of like knowing the power of a relationship and a good one. And that's what I think keeps people coming back or hoping for relationships, right? Because there's those like moments of like complete trust and comfort and just acceptance and all of those beautiful things that relationships can be. And to have that where you think you have that and have that rug completely pulled back and to say, oh, well, you didn't see the matrix the whole time. That's like really scarring. And you could tell, that's what I'm saying. You could really tell she wants a relationship potentially. So Demona is like, let's look at your Bumble profile. And Garcelle's like, okay, this question right here, I'm really nerdy about watching documentaries I say yes to the dress and the match of they're all giggling and the matchmaker goes, there is a guy that I'm going to have one of my matchmaker friends show to you and see if you're interested in meeting up. And when she said matchmaker friends, I was like, how many, what is the population of matchmakers in America? It seems like we have, we're having like matchmaker friends. Is there like an army of matchmakers? Like, is there a network of matchmakers? What do you have to do to get a license to be a matchmaker? It seems sketchy maybe at best so and a talking head garcelle goes i like the idea of a matchmaker i i don't want to swipe i want to bump into you when we go through a doorway and then i was thinking like if i really had a crush on garcelle i would just try to go to wherever she is and just try to keep inserting myself in doorways with her of like oh sorry i guess we did this again i guess i'm just bumping to you in a doorway <laughs> well we're not swiping i can tell you that much <laughs> anyways i'm ryan how, how are you how are you well okay i'll I'll take a step back. Yep. Um, So they zoom with Bonnie, the other matchmaker, and they put up this photo of this guy fully in underwear and ripped. And I'm like, these are dating profile photos? Like, and they're like, he kickboxes. He's 49. He's unencumbered by children, which is a great word, unencumbered. And Garcelle goes, I want a man who knows he's great. I wanted a man who knows he, who's great with his mom and his kids and confident to let me be me. And I was like, well, I'm out when she said, who knows who is It's just like, this is already too much. Like I have hair. Like if she'd be like, I want a man with hair. I'd be like, I'm in baby. Um, and, uh, I want to be monogamous, kind and sexy and know how to dance a little bit. And, uh, he doesn't know how to cook. I'll cook. And, they show Keith and his abs and Garcelle goes, I hear my bed springs make noise when I see that. And then they're talking to She's like, I'm so hot right now. Um, I love though that like, is that dating profiles now? Do we just show, are we supposed to show shots of like your pubic region, your happy trail? Like this is, this, this is Keith's pubis. Like it, it, I'm like, and also I just, I've never, Oh man, if I had one way, I would love, I would love like a good body. I really would. If I, I don't want to work for it, but I would just love to have a good body. That would be dope. Like just, that's like that movie big with Tom Hanks. I'd love to wake up one day and like, like have a six pack and I'd be like feeling for my belly and all of a sudden it wouldn't be there. And then I would start washing clothes on my abs. And it, I like what that must feel like is just has to be amazing, you know? So we're in a new scene and we're at Crystal's house, her kitchen. Crystal's scenes always start off in the kitchen. Do you notice that? Um, Kyle knocks and she comes like Crystal and they air kiss. We go down to the basement and 
<clears throat> they're doing a renovation on the basement and they're going to do a home theater down there and a golf simulator. And we get to a scene from two months earlier where we see that it's a crappy basement, just our normal average run of the mill basement. Now I grew up in Kansas where you had basements with every house. We don't have a lot of basements in Arizona or um, Los Angeles, but basements were what I grew up with. Like that was where like, it was all like cement floor, but it was like kind of like the playroom, you know? I would like, I remember when I thought, I oh got it. I was 12 years old and I thought I could still be Batman if I trained hard enough. And I set up an obstacle course in my, in my uh, basement where I was like, I had this like pitch return thing where you'd throw a ball and it would go back to you. And so I would like do that and try to catch for my reflexes. And then I had like encyclopedias down there and I would try to study because Batman's about his brain as well. I was such a fucking nerd and it really hasn't changed much. I'm just bigger you know what i'm saying like i'm still the same fucking nerd but i just like if my body like i like you know it's like but there's something beautiful in the thought of a kid when you really believe like i remember like you'd have two pieces of wood in your dad's garage and you believed with everything in your power that you could build the millennium falcon from star wars you're like i could totally do this i could totally do this this is totally within my reach <laughs> so we find out that the downstairs basement is 1,800 square feet, once again, bigger than anything I'll ever live in, and they want to keep it at six figures, which I'm just like, geez, man, it's got to be awesome to have money. Rob is so tall that we find out they have to dig into the ground for his golf uh, simulator thing, because his swing, it would be to his height, I guess. And Crystal lets us know her dad is frugal. Um, and she's frugal, but Rob works hard and he likes to spend his money and enjoy his life. And I'm out, dude, I'm like, hell yeah, man. You did the Lion King. You did all that, you know, like you have the money, like enjoy it. Like, hell yeah. But this is the moment where I was like, you say you're frugal. You bought a $95,000 purse. We saw earlier in the season, which actually then Crystal starts talking about that, um, in a sec. But, uh, Crystal lets us know that this renovation came down to a million but they cut it down to half a million and i'm just like what did they cut out like i was kind of like i would love to know what they cut out and kyle's like yeah he's gonna have to crunch down and so i'm like shut up kyle um so this is the point where crystal was like well i do invest in bags because bags increase in value and i keep forgetting that i learned that this year is i didn't know purses increase in value i thought it just decreases you know like all of my old Navy clothes once I get it off the rack. Um, so Crystal says, uh, "How this is that typical thing. How did you think ourselves, folks? I am so thrilled to be doing a commercial again, and especially for one of my favorite brands, Bull & Branch. Um, now, I told you a while back when they first came on that uh, they sent me a, a set of their sheets and I think it is one of the nicest things that I now own. And it is one of those things that makes a huge difference. And especially when you're sick to be able to lie in a comfortable bed of soft sheets around you. And these really are my favorite sheets, the best sheets I've owned. And I know you're like, Ryan, that doesn't say much. You slept on a tarp all these years. But for real, it is really, really amazing 
to actually use. And I was thinking about this is uh, we talk about the companies that we like, and it's the companies that actually add those kind of uh, little touches. You know, those little things add up to big things. And it's it's kind of like even like with Bull and Branch, like they they sent me the sheets and they, they sent it in this kind of like beautiful silk thing that you opened up and the sheets came out like they have a bag for their sheets. You know, like I've never like I was like, wow, like, do I keep this bag? Like, this is a nice bag. But it's the little things we do that all add up to the legacy that we leave behind. Bull and Branch was started by a husband and wife team that wanted to create a textile company that cared about the details that would make their products last. Now, you'll feel the difference in their best-selling, beautifully crafted signature sheets. These are the sheets that I have, you guys. Like I said, it is so smooth, so soft, where you notice a difference immediately. Like, I noticed a difference immediately. And for me, that says something because sometimes I'm ignorant to the things like style and fashion. But I was like, ooh, this feels really, really good. And like I said, when you unbox these things, it's kind of like an experience. You know you have a quality product. So experience uncompromising comfort with the best-selling 100% organic cotton signature hemmed sheets. The cloud weight, super soft sateen weave gets softer with every wash. Okay, that's it. I'm I'm definitely going to wash these sheets. (laughs) So they're crafted to the highest standards and attention to detail from sourcing to packaging. The perfect balance of weight and breathability to pamper warm or cool sleepers through any season. Given your bed the White House treatment with sheets that three presidents have fallen in love with. Bull and Branch is dedicated to quality at every step. So to experience an entirely new standard of comfort, visit bullandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. So get 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code SOBAD. That's bullandbranch.com, promo code SOBAD. Back to Beverly Hills. And Crystal's like, you know, I mean, we don't all have to be nice and friendly in regards to Sutton and Erica. And Kyle goes, I can't live like that. When two people aren't talking, I, I want to fix it. I, I, I can't live like that. Um, and we bring up um, – and then Kyle, this is like – this kind of just was like – it just irked me that this even got left in. Was uh, She's like – Kyle's like – and then Garcelle saying she was triggered again about the donation that was brought up at the reunion last season. And I'm like, Kyle, we don't need this – little piddly storyline like uh, we don't need this at all like no 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 don't distract let's focus focus and crystal says well yeah i don't see the exclusion with garcelle and by the way i hear a lot of things of like people and even garcelle said you know she thinks it's kyle rinna uh, Dorit and Erica Jane on one side and her Sutton and Crystal on another side and i would dare say no i think crystal is definitely on the other side um not like hardcore but i will say i feel like crystal aligns more with their thought pattern than garcelle and sutton's and of course like i said sutton and crystal and sutton have had their shit since episode one and i don't see that another thing going away anytime soon i think crystal is pretty much cemented in her mind who crystal who sutton is to her you know so we're in a new scene and it's nighttime over at Kyle's house. Uh, we enter into the living room area. Kyle is on all fours uh, because food has spilled and she's trying to pick it up and the dogs are barking and, and she's like, Luna, bad girls, bad girls. 
and Mauricio, you can already tell he's like so Cheech and Chong high. He's like, <laughs> I like you on your knees, lady. Yeah, that's my Mauricio. Hey, I want to sex you up, baby. I want to sex you up all night. Because he's just so, like there was a change, I think, around season eight or nine where Kyle must have given permission. He's like, okay, I will do the show, but I want to be so blazing high every episode that I'm in. If you're cool with that, I will film whenever you want me to because he is just so damn high. And it always confuses me because I can't get high and work. And this guy runs like one of the number one real estate agencies in the world. And he's fucking high as a kite. Like, so Kyle's on all fours. And she's like, I need to make a cheese plate. And Reese goes, I gotta, I gotta change, baby. I'm always changing at the last minute. By the way, when I do that Mauricio voice, I'm raising my hands and I'm like, yeah, baby. Woo. And I know that sounds nothing like Mauricio, but that's just my version of Mauricio. So PK and Dorit, you know, are coming over. And, uh, you know, the, so PK leaves Dorit at the kitchen. He goes, you get cooking and I'll get, I'll get drinking. And Mauricio comes out. He goes, my man. And he goes, you're here, PK says. So a little gentle ribbing between bros. Oh, nobody told me you'd be here, Mo. And we go, the ladies are cooking. And Kyle goes, I saw Erica a couple of days ago. And you know what she told me? Somebody broke into Tom's house. And, and Dorit's face is like fully Kyle. He confronted the intruder and wound up at the hospital. And Dorico's, what? Like, it was very much uh, somebody, I forgot who, in Instagram. Maybe it was Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. They said it was, like, Little John. Like, what? Like, Dorico's, what? Beep, boop, 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 boop. Ah! And she's like, it gets wilder. Then her son lives up north. I guess he rolled his car six times. And Dorit goes, what? And Dorit's facial is exactly like Kyle's face. It was almost to where I feel like they should have done like a mime exercise of just like facial reactions. Um, And uh, we go back to PK and he goes, "Uh, yeah, Dorit's got that wedding dress thing coming up. And Mo goes, I saw the photos of the wedding dresses. They look hot. And PK goes, so hot. And Mauricio says, um, Oh, then the salmon comes out of the oven and Kyle and Mo goes, did you blacken it, baby? And he goes, she goes, no, I tried something different tonight with the salmon. And uh, they're sitting down at the, the dinner table and Pico goes, I need some mayonnaise or tartar. And Dorit goes, come on, baby. I love that PK is so comfortable where he's like, I need a jar of mayonnaise with this. I, I... I even got to say, I love the way PK rolls. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah. Slather that shit on there. And come on, ba- come on, baby. Boop, 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 boop. And Kyle says, what, do you think this is Morton's? And Dorit says, I'll do a quick ta-ta. And I don't know cooking, but like, I love that Dorit was like, I will do a quick ta-ta for my man who needs a condiment for his salmon. He is a little baby boy like Jagaloo. Um, and Dorit says, Kyle was telling me the craziest story. Someone broke into Tom's house boop, 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 and confronted the burglar and he wound up at the hospital. And then the detective PK was like, hey, how did Erica know? 
Um, Mauricio goes, well, he was in the hospital. And Dorit goes, the story gets crazier. We've now heard this story like 8 billion times in this episode. He goes, sends a son to the home and he's driving home. The son flips his car six times. And Mauricio is so, my my sweet little Chong. My Mauricio never changed. My sweet little Chichen Chong. You're just so high and I love it. Mauricio goes, what? Like he's like, like when you're like super baked and you're like, no way, bro, bro, what? And Dorit goes, hee 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 And PK goes, why are you laughing, Dorit? And uh, and she's like, I thought when you flip a car. And Marisa goes, is this real? Are you telling a fake story? Which is just such a stupid high thing to say. Or like, are you making this up? Are we even on this planet right now, bro? What if we're sharing the same air together, bro? Oh, fuck yeah. Let's watch Planet Earth and eat cookies. Yeah. And uh, PK goes, hey, I don't know if you're aware, Mo, of the previous story of Tom flipping his car. And Dorit says, yes, he ended up driving off a cliff or a hill, but then kind of came to and came out of the house. And then we get a flashback to going, he broke his clavicle, his ankle, his nipples, uh, his butt plug, everything. And uh, you see Mauricio's like blowing a gasket. He's like, whoa. And uh, we see a little flashback of a scene from last week that we, at, at, at I believe maybe Garcelle's or, or Kathy's, where we we find out that that they were talking about the that flip again, and they said, Erica goes, the doctor said he needed a surgery on his brain or his ankle, and I I wouldn't give him permission to operate on the brain, and it's a really I'm like shit. That's like a big piece of information that you said the doctors talked to you and they said operate on the ankle or the brain, and you wouldn't give permission. I work on the brain, and PK goes. I'm not a statistician. I'm not. I'm not a statistician. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a statistician. I'm not a statistician. But what of the statistics that Tom and his son both flip cars? It's got to be a million. A million to one. Statistically, it's important. Which PK does make a lot of sense. Like, what are. And you know, like, that's the kind of shit when, like, Moe's high. He's like, oh, my God, math. Oh. And Dorit says, you're suggesting she isn't telling the truth? And he goes, no, what I'm suggesting, if you'd let me eat my mayonnaise, she's been in a controlling marriage for 20 years, and she's still being controlled. I think Tom lied to Erica, and she went along with it. No car rolling or unconscious. And Mauricio goes... Whoa! He's like, he just raises his hands. Marisa goes, whoa! Like like a touchdown. And Pico goes, it's to me, it's very transparent. And uh, let me tell you something. There's lies all over the place. And if a doctor comes to you and says, we need to operate, who, you know, and Kyle says, hearing the men's reactions make me 
rethink. It's different. I'm so close to Erica, but hearing their reactions make me rethink everything. And Dorit says, the story is so bonkers, but I don't believe for one second that Erica, Miss Erica Jane is lying. Once again, I'm like, how strong is this fucking friendship? You film a show. Like, what the fuck? Did I miss some, like, kind of sharing story? Erica's never shared shit. And it's like, this is an all strong bond now. Are you kidding me? And uh, Dorit goes, why would she make that up? It's bonkers. It's crazy. I absolutely believe. (laughs) It's bonkers. It's crazy. I absolutely believe her. (laughs) She goes, and I'm like, do you? She goes, I have no reason not to believe her. I have so many reasons not to. I mean, like, I feel like, are we, am I lightheaded? Like this, and PK goes, she's going to have to uh, end the credibility there has to come a point where enough's enough and Dorico's pk's a manager he thinks she's making bad moves um and he goes i really would love her to have the comeback of comebacks you know put a put her right before boy george and culture club but not if she can't break free of the shackles of that guy he's not a good guy he's not a reliable guy and Dorit says here's another scenario goes to the ER with maybe some head trauma, Tom, and we want to operate on his ankle. Let's not focus on the brain. And <laughs> Dorit says this like she really means it. And <laughs> PK goes, he's not a fucking soccer player, he's a lawyer. And then they're all laughing. Like, it is one of those like really, and PK goes, yeah, not the brain, do the ankle, do the ankle. And it really... That's so funny because it really does show the insanity of this story. Because now we got a piece of information about the first car flip and Erica Jane would not give a lawyer who uses his head. She would not give permission for a doctor to operate on the brain, but was like, fix that ankle. And they're all laughing. And by the way, Erica Jane in a social media post last night on Twitter says, oh, this felt really good to watch. And I'm like, you dumb, dumb, dumb woman. How good do you think it is for the victims to watch you parade around and bitch and whine about not being able to keep your jewelry, potentially? How good does that feel for them week every week? So screw you, take your lumps. And it is fucking funny. It is. And if you can't see the humor in that, then you're not, like, you're even further gone than I thought. So we're in a new scene. Well, sorry, I got really upset there <laughs> we have the uh typical scene now of everybody getting ready for dorit's big party so we're round robining uh we start over at crystals and she uh lets her glam know i'm excited rob my husband's going tonight he doesn't love wedding stuff so i'm glad he's going to dorit's which is just like he doesn't like this stuff i'm glad i get to watch him in pain uh kyle facetimes crystal and we get the what are you wearing what are you wearing red dress and kyle says my clothes are all tight and crystal goes do you want to be going a fast with me and kyle goes no uh which is i uh, kyle does magically get away with a lot of shit like i really like i still really like kyle like i i don't like what she did last week or the week before but i still just she's just so middle of the road i like i like middle of the road 
I'm middle of the road, you know? And Rena, uh, we go to Rena, and she goes, I think Harry's going to stop by tonight. <laughs> he has a couple Zoom meetings, and then he's going to stop by. No, and they're going to freak when he comes. Harry Hamlet, everybody. And she's with her glam squad. And she goes, I love her. Valeria. What did we... Uh, and she's talking about fucking wigs. She, this one we call Valeria. <laughs> what did we name her? The olive dress Alex Perry? Let's get our glam on. <laughs> and uh, is there glam levels? Because I feel like Rinna never pays for full glam. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there, is there like a hierarchy with glam artists? Like, is there a glam artist that's like, oh, I'll style you in Gap and Old Navy. And like, then up to like... Erica Jane glam levels. So you know what I'm saying? Like, is there's got to be glam levels, right? Like this guy, this guy's glam for like mall glam, and this guy's glam for like couture glam. Uh, I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about last night because I'm cool. Um, we go to Dorit's house. The food is being prepped. And Rico's, I'm going to do a run through with the models. Boop, 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 boop. And Nick, the party planner, goes, It's crunch time. Time doesn't stop for us. And I'm like, what? Okay, Nick, calm down, dude. And uh, and Dorico's, if it wasn't COVID, this would be completely different. I would put clouds in the sky and I would have stars shooting and I would have uh, trumpeteers and little animals, woodland creatures, and I would make it out. And I was like, okay, okay, but we're here now. And PK says, hey, feels a bit like a wedding. <laughs> And she goes, I have to scale it back and do it in my house. It's going to at least be special and I will throw some money at it. <laughs> Tariq's always so like, Tariq, we get it. You have, we, you want us to think you have money. We get it. And she's like, the girls are going to be here in five minutes. The other housewives. Erica Jane, we get to a cut to in a limo. She's in a red outfit. And Kyle calls her and she's like, you're doing a red lip too? And Erica goes, villainess maybe don't joke about being a fucking villain if you're a villain and kyle she goes kyle goes how are you doing and she goes nice it's chilly and it rained today so i'm feeling good there's a uh, light precipitation in the air <laughs> we, we've got clouds moving in from the northeast with a 37 percent wind chill <laughs> i love how kyle asks her how she's doing and erica jane gives a fucking weather report it's nice and chilly and Rain today. Uh, my knee is aching, which means rain might be coming. Um, and Erica goes, we're here for Dorit tonight. Bottom line, that is where my focus is. Nothing else. Definitely not the orphans in the windows. No victims. Just Dorit. And Erica's like, okay, cool, cool. And then we go to Sutton's car and she's like, I'm just going to tell you, Michael, because she's with her boyfriend. I'm a little nervous, I say, I say. I don't like dealing with conflict in this way. Not with Erica, not with no one, I say, I say. And Michael goes, well, I'm, I'm here if you need me. And Sutton goes, my bodyguard. And then Michael's like, uh, hopefully you won't need, need one. But this isn't a batshit season that I wrote like, like I literally wouldn't be surprised like, I'd be surprised initially, but I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Is if, like, it did break down to, like, a ninja fight 
where Michael was having to protect Sutton, and like Sutton's like, "Oh, Michael, you you took a bullet for me." I say, I say, and Michael's like, "Run, Sutton, run!" No, Michael, you've done so much for me. Ah, I, I can't believe Erica and her goons, Mister Mikey Minden. I say, I say, came after me. Oh. Michael, I'm so sorry. You collateral damage in this, I say, I say. I'm gonna get you, Sutton. I took down Michael, and now it's time for you. Oh, no, you don't, Miss Erica. I'm gonna get you first. I'm gonna take this couture and beat your fucking face with it, I say, I say. So, like, that's like, a, that's like where my mind goes. Like, I, where, like, you all of a sudden, like, it's a house divided and people are like doing like throwing stars with ninjas and there's like flips and like people are in costumes. Um, so none of that actually happens. And we get Rob and Crystal walking up to Dorit and PK goes, oh, oh God. Hey, Dorit, I already spilled a wine stain. Hey, do you have a bowl of mayonnaise I can eat? And Crystal comes into the house. and goes, I am totally floored by Dorit's house. You really feel like you're at a wedding. Uh, just like a wedding, it's very painful to be at, and you just want to go home. And Dorit is wearing one of her dresses. She's like, yes, it's mine. I know nobody asked, but I am wearing Dorit and Nectaria. And Rob orders a man after my own heart. He orders a Belvedere martini with some olives. And PK offers up, hey, I'm not allowed to have a martini unless I've eaten. You know, if you just uh, drank one, I start talking other shit. <laughs> Erica Jane walks in and Dorit goes, hello, beauty, hello. And uh, we see signs for Dorit and Nectaria. Which, by the way, I didn't see Nectaria anywhere. I guess she just lives in Zoom. And uh, But happy Dorit Nectaria launch to all of you guys, all of you listeners. Happy Dorit Nectaria launch. I do want to point out, if you go to the Dorit Nectaria website, uh, you cannot buy any of these wedding dresses. So I feel like that's a failure of some point of like, hey, you know, when we have that free advertising on Bravo on the highest rated season ever, let's make sure we don't have dresses available when they go to, don't worry, I wasn't going to buy one, you guys, they're very expensive, but it just feels like a failure of some sort of like, why wouldn't you have the dresses ready for when the advertise, like, you know, it's just weird. So Mauricio and Kyle walk in and Pika goes, speak of the devil. <laughs> And Mauricio High goes, oh, wow. And Sutton and Michael walk up the steps. And Dorit goes, welcome, welcome, welcome. Boop, 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 boop. And Erica Jane shakes her head suddenly when Sutton walks in. And PK goes, hey, buddy, good to see you, Michael. Good to see you. And EJ, uh, Sutton sidles up next to Erica Jane. And Erica Jane goes, you look beautiful. And so it was a friendly comment and Garcelle comes in and she is stunning. You guys, she's in this yellow frock. I don't, I'm not good with fashion, so I can't, I'm always not good at describing that to you guys, but you saw it. It was like really pretty, right? Like very stunning. And Kathy Hilton walks in and not Rick. There's not been a Rick Hilton sighting all season, but of course, in pure Kathy fashion, she's like, this is Jesse, my architect. <laughs> this is Randy, my plumber. Um, it's my, this is Fred. He does my electrical. Uh, I just figured he'd... Like, I love that it was like... I love that, first off, Kathy has an architect. She's lived in the same house forever. But I love that... She, like, like what is... So, why does Kathy have an architect? Like, she's lived in the same house. Like, what are... Are these for, like, birdhouses? Like, what... And I just love that it was just like, oh, that's, this is Jesse, my architect. This is Jesse who works on my shitters. Um, Serena 
is trying to sidle up the stairs outside. She's like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Are you even kidding me? Once I get up these stairs, it's going to be great. <laughs> She's just cackling up the stairs. And uh, Kyle and Kathy, um, they're talking inside and they're like, oh, I bet we go outside for the presentation. Um, and Dorit makes one of the first speeches of the night. She makes a couple. She's like, ah, you're the first to see my wedding dress designs. And in her talking head, she goes, I've worked in design my whole life. Boop, 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 boop. It's not just slapping my name on something. <laughs> if I'm putting my name on something, you better believe it's my work. Dorit Kemsley, my creativity, it's my design. And it's so funny because this is the same lady that gave us Buca de Beppo. Like, it is, and and by the way, I love that. I love that she treated Buca de Beppo with the same seriousness as beautiful wedding frocks, you know? And uh, so Dorit's like, okay, we are going to commence the evening. Three, two, one. And a curtain falls outside and all the ladies are in wedding, five ladies are in wedding dresses. And we saw earlier, like Dorit really does love a curtain falling moment. Dorit loves a curtain fall moment. So a new scene, all these wedding dress ladies look like they're trapped in a box. It's my wedding dress in a box. Oh, and Sutton says, Dorit pulled this off, I say, I say. I have been a lot of fashion shows, a lot. And damn it, my Dorit did great. And uh, Dorit goes, it's great to have an idea and transform that idea into an actual product that will not be for sale on the website, that you will not be able to get your hands on once we advertise. And... Um, Dorico's, my friends are very fashionable. It's a real clue of how these dresses will be received. It's the euphoria, the feeling. I can't explain. My vagina is tingling right now. Boop, 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 boop. Um, and Dorico's, I'd like to kick off this evening with our flower girl. And her daughter, Phoenix, her beautiful, precious daughter, Phoenix 4, comes in. And Rena goes, ah! She screams. She goes, ah! Which, by the way, also, where is Jagaloo? Jagaloo refused to join us tonight. Uh, I did not get him his rider of pink M&Ms and a little man tuxedo for Jagaloo. Like, you can just hear Jagaloo like, fuck you, mommy. Fuck you. Why not let me in? I would destroy that show with my amazingness. I am Jagaloo. And um, so anything, but also... I love Sutton's reaction to Phoenix, the daughter. Sutton was like, I'm, I love her. I'm going to buy her one day, I'll say, I'll say. So um, we get introduced to the models. She's like, Jessica is wearing the angel. And uh, Rena goes to Kyle, no one, no one hears an angel. And Rena goes, it's so elegant. It's so beautiful. It's a far step from Beverly Beach, isn't it? Like, why the shade, Rena? Shut up. Um... And Dorit goes, this is called The Moment. And this next one is called The Actress. And she's like, this is the pearl. It's made of 14,000 white pearls. And Kyle goes, my dream dress, my wedding dress was $1,200. And my wedding was the same amount as that dress, which is $35,000. Jesus. And last but not least, The Princess. 
And uh, Dorit goes, and I'm wearing the woman. And Mauricio goes, bravo. Yeah, bro. Bravo's like, Mauricio's like, fuck yeah. Let's eat. Oh, bro. And Rinna says, I would love to wear one of those, but I don't need to get married again or do a vow renewal. And then they're doing like a little talking head flash. And Erica goes, are you fucking kidding me? And Sutton goes, I don't need to get married again. I say, I say, I'll leave that to Garcelle. And then cut to Garcelle and Garcelle goes, ha, maybe. Like Garcelle is ready. And PK goes, hey, it was great, wasn't it? Hey, it was great. And then they bring out some zucchini pancake thing. And PK goes, go I have mayonnaise, please. No, PK goes, he whispers to Kyle and he goes, Hey, are you not going to share our jokes from the other night with Erica? And Kyle goes, Who? Uh, go ahead. Please feel free. You, do you feel guilty? And PK goes, No, because I never said anything bad. And Kyle goes, and Looks at him like, Okay, well, <laughs> please don't bust me out, please. And Dorit comes in. And Kyle says, Not only did you do an incredible job, these designs are incredibly beautiful. And Dorit goes, Mission accomplished. Dorit Kemsley does it once again. And then a doorbell rings, you guys. And it's the feds. No, um, it's Harry Hamlin, which I thought would have been funny if Harry Hamlin had dressed like a sexy cop. And he's like, I hear there's been a disturbance here. And then he's like, where's Dorit? And then he starts like, I'm gonna be sexy. And he like starts dancing around her and stuff. But he's just dressed in a black suit. And, um... Rinna goes, Harry! And uh, Harry's doing air hugs to everybody. And then Rinna, you know, sprints over to him and she goes, he goes, you, I can hug. Um, and Rinna says, I'm always excited to see Harry. And uh, Kyle says, we haven't seen you since we brought COVID to your house. So I guess, yeah, there was a COVID outbreak after the Bolognese. Uh, we get, uh, Harry's seated down. Harry's talking to Erica and Harry goes, how have you been? And she goes, I've been okay. And then Harry goes, life is filled with vicissitudes. And you know, it's how we deal with them in the long run. And Erica goes, thank you. But you guys, Harry literally dropped the word vicissitudes. V-I-C-I-S-S-I-T-U-D-E-S. Vicissitudes. Erica, I've always, when I was gardening, I was pondering that life is filled with vicissitudes. Vicissitudes. And you know, it's how we deal with them in the long run. Thank you, Harry. And Dorit goes, Harry, congrats on the new role. And we get a flashback of Rinna going, yeah, Harry's got a project with Ridley Scott. And he's going to play Tom Brokaw. So I'm basically fucking Tom Brokaw right now. Like, gross. What? Just leave it at congratulations, Harry. I'm basically shocking the dick of Tom Bro- I'm eating Tom Brokaw's ass. <laughs> I fucking sucked Tom Brokaw off last night. Yeah, how's that for news? <laughs> I fucking bursted Tom Brokaw's eardrums last night. Yeah, Tom Brokaw ran away from me in our bedroom last night. And uh, Lisa goes, he has to go to Canada. <laughs> Which I'm for Harry's like... Uh, yeah, I booked a role and I've got to go as far away from America as possible. Um, and Alicia goes, I formed a stronger dependency the last 10 months to Harry over COVID. And, uh, you know, he cooks for me, he grows his vegetables for me. He uses my poo as compost. Um, and, uh, 
Lisa goes, everybody loves Tom Brokaw. And then Harry has started to do a little talk, like, I'm Tom. He goes, sometimes he goes high, and sometimes he goes low. And and, and Kyle looks like he's a magician of like, oh, my God, you sound exactly like Tom Brokaw. And Dorico's, now we're mingling. And uh, PK is taking all the gentlemen outside, and he's telling Mo, I'm not busy. You're busy. I'm not busy. Like, I really get the sense that PK just handles Boy George, and that's it. And the girls are talking inside and Kyle's relaying a Kathy Hiltonism where she says, you know, that Bernie Sanders meme of him just sitting with the mittens on at the inauguration. Kathy had, he was like, who is this? Is this, is this the new elf on the shelf? And he goes, I, Bernie Sanders, I thought it was Colonel Sanders from KFC. I love it. I love it. So we're back out to the guys and PK goes, uh, Mauricio is in real estate. And PK lost, he goes, Maurice goes, yo, tell these dudes how much money you lost in real estate. And he goes, $1 billion. And PK goes, no, $2 billion, you know. He goes, I didn't really lose it. I'm still looking for it. <laughs> and Harry Hamlin just seems like he doesn't do well with all men. He's like, oh, I got to go find Lisa. Um, and I also think there's something really dark that, we literally are laughing about a Bernie Madoff situation again. And that's why a criminal knows a criminal. That's why I feel like he knows something's up with, because he legitimately lost $2 billion of other people's money. Like, and we're just laughing about it on a back patio. Like I would love to know what Rob Minkoff was thinking right there. So we're back in the house and Kyle goes, well, Garcelle, uh, pure Kyle, it seems like you had everyone up in arms today. You made a little comment and Garcelle looks disturbed and she's like, what, what, what? Well, you did an interview with Mario Lopez, which by the way, all trouble begins and ends with Mario Lopez. You got Lopez involved. You're like, shit, hammer's coming down. You just got Mario'd. And, uh, I, she's like, uh, you said in an interview that all we're all coming after you, and now you're coming after us. And Rico's, why are you out there saying these things? And Garcelle's like, well, you came after me the other day. Jab, jab, jab. You're always jabbing, and now you're jabbing to Mario Lopez. And in a talking head, Garcelle goes, when I did this interview, it was right after Lisa's lip kit launch, and I was very heated. And Dorico's, you came after me first, Garcelle. And we're like in this fight again, which is like, I just don't care. I don't care at all. <laughs> and uh, see, Garcelle's like, I didn't come after you. I said little things, and you were right next to me when I said them. And Dorico's, no, 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 no. She goes, no, 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 no. If you have a little thing come out, but don't come out with things to be provocative because you think it makes you more interesting. And uh, Dorico's, I thought you and I moved past our issues. And Garcelle goes, am I not allowed to have my own opinion, whether you like it or not? And Dorico's, of course you are. I love when you have your own opinion. And she goes, it only works when it satisfies you. If it goes against you, you don't like it. And Dorico's, no, 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 no. I speak four languages, and that doesn't make... And Garcelle goes, good for you. And that doesn't make sense in any of my Dorit languages. And Cedric goes, don't tell me, don't mask it if you have an issue... What does she say? Don't... Um, oh, don't mask it if you... 
bullshit. And then she goes, no, <laughs> Dorico's, no, comprende, somo oregato, Mr. Roboto. She does like four languages. All of it's just stupid as hell. And Rinna and Erica Jane are sitting at a table across watching them. And Rinna goes, do we need to go over there? And Erica Jane goes, no. And and Dorit, we're back to Dorit, and she goes, do you genuinely feel like everyone is coming after you, Garcelle? And Garcelle goes, well, I feel you you came after me, but you, you know, and uh, nobody stood up for me except for Sutton. And we get a flashback of Sutton going, well, I say, I say, too, I, I, I don't believe uh, Garcelle is in the wrong here. And Garcelle goes, no one ever takes my side. And Rinna and... Erica Jane are just sitting over there like Waldorf and Stadler from the Muppets. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I got we be my friend. <laughs> and Garcelle goes, I said, that's how I feel. And if it's how I feel, that's how I feel. Um, and she says, one of the things with Rinna is that she wanted to repair our friendship, but she never stood up for me. And she is just even right now, just sitting over there. Garcelle says in a talking head and Rinna says, Garcelle got called out for being jabby and shady. And if I feel like there's injustice going on, I will say something. But I don't. You're a big girl. You could take Dorit. And then she goes, I shit you not, you guys. She goes, I, you're a big girl. You could take Dorit. Ah! Ah! That's what she does. Ah! And Harry goes, and we're back outside with the guys. I'm going to go uh, get Lisa Rinna. I just need some female companionship. And she's like, he's like, look at the body language in there. And Rinna goes, it's not safe, Harry. Oh, it's Tom Brokaw. It's not, Tom Brokaw, it's not safe. Mike. And then we go, Garcelle. And Garcelle goes, and this was a f- bullshit thing they did in the preview last week, where they made it look like Garcelle really said, my God, will you shut up to Dorit? But... In reality, it was just an example of like, oh, you would like me to say, my God, will you shut up? And Dorit I would welcome that. I love being told to shut up. Which, by the way, Dorit does get told to shut up a lot. And Garcelle goes, Dorit wants the truth, but can she handle the truth? You can't handle the truth. And Dorit says, I'm certainly not the only one in this group that likes the tuck. And Kyle goes, but you're the best at it. And that is the end of this episode, folks. Next week, we have Corona Del Mar an excursion. We have Kathy and Kyle in a room. We get the information from Rinna that's saying, Tom's brother got assigned to be his contributor. And then we get a, a scene where uh, they talk about the flipping the car. And Erica goes, Alleged- allegedly. And, and, and Dorit's like, why are you using the word allegedly now? So um, <clears throat> that is the episode. I thought it had a lot of high moments we're in this kind of really cool phase with this show where just even little moments are fascinating to me and i think those these shows really fly on that but uh it'll be interesting to see if we get the high highs of dinner party from hell or the uh the la quinta episodes but this show like it knows no bounds so who knows and i'm so excited just daydream andy said well i've asked i asked 90 minutes worth of questions with the top priority, and she answered 98% of them, Andy says. And uh, I'm very curious. Lisa Rinna was going so hard for Erica Jane on Watch What Happens Live the other night with Sarah Paulson. And it still just really does confuse me, because why go that hard for somebody? Even if it's like, it just doesn't, like, why would you insert yourself that loudly into a debate? And you could be like, oh, she's an attention whore, she doesn't have her own... 
um, plot line, but there's something else there. It's just, it's bizarre to me. And I feel like certain people try to shift people's way of thinking. And that's what I feel Rinna is doing right now. So I feel that's a really, I just don't understand it fully. So I, I hope to find out more about that. Like Nicki Minaj, I'm going to go do research. Um, and that's it, folks. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm going to rest my voice now. Thank you. I hope you guys stayed with me. Uh, I'm so happy to be able to talk again. And um, I missed you guys. And that's it. I hope you have the best fucking weekend ever. I hope you have good friends, good food, good drink, everything around you. Um, I, I, I can't wait to feel better and better because I just realized when you feel great, when you have your health, life is just so worth living. And when you don't have it, it just sucks. So I hope everybody is there in good health, good spirits. And I will talk to you guys bright and early on Monday morning. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Bye. Batches.